0: Welcome to The Village Lantern, a podcast for families living with hidden challenges such as autism and other neurodiverse conditions, and for anyone else wanting to understand, love and support. Our mission is to build understanding, empathy and love for families living with one or more children who have hidden conditions that make life harder in one way or another. We call this Extra Zing.
1: Every single one of us and our children display completely different behaviours and have completely different lives and different challenges.
0: You know,
2: you want to help them all because it can be a hard life navigating this, especially quite lonely life, trying to work out what your children need, which is, you know, the world isn't designed for our kids yeah. and um, we're helping them navigate it. Yeah.
0: Hey, everyone. Hope you're going well. Super, super excited about this ep. I hope some of you might have heard the little intro that I did separately to explain the addition that we're making to the podcast, bringing on some new co-hosts. And this is the first conversation with our new co-hosts, being Belle and Shah. I'm so excited to share this with you. In this conversation, we really give a chance for you listeners to get to know Sharon Bell a little bit, um, just for us to talk about why we've made this edition and what it is that we're hoping to achieve. We talk about the topics that we want to cover. There's a little bit of fruity language that you might either choose not to listen to, or you might not want to listen with kids around. Um, But there's lots of laughing and there's lots of love and lots of gorgeous stories. And I hope you love it. Let me know. Bye. don't think I could be happier to be sitting in this room with these two wonderful humans. I've got with me Belle and Shah, and they're both mums of neurodivergent kids, and they're both good friends of mine. I'd just love both of you to just give a quick sort of summary of your family setups and how you fall into the hidden challenges slash hidden disability family community. <laughs> Belle? Sure. Um... I
1: have three amazing children, 14, 12 and 10. All three of them have ADHD and the eldest has uh, autism. And probably the current challenge has been, which Anna's been helping me with, is I really didn't know much about ADHD. So having a 10-year-old with very much textbook combination ADHD has been just as challenging as autism, Mm. as parenting through Mm. that, that Mm. is a new thing. And I'm every day presented with new sets of challenges and new wonderful things that I'm discovering. Yeah, sure.
2: um, Yeah, we just moved here from the UK uh, probably only mm, eight, nine months ago, um, bringing my nine-year-old autistic son and four-year-old maybe neuro... TBD. ...to to be decided... (laughs) um four-year-old daughter she
0: yes we don't know what's what amazing brain is going on there just a reminder i don't think i've done this for a while in my previous interviews but i also have 14 year old 12 year old 10 year old same as bell and i have also all kids with adhd plus me ching Oh, yeah, you win. <laughs> you, you get the prize. And then, no, I don't want it. You got a no. full set. I don't want the prize. Um, and then one of my, my middle child, Millie, has um, is also autistic. And, I mean, we've come together. Yeah. We're so fortunate that we've got this shared kind of live, shared experience. I think that's so nice. Like, oh. I, you know, I think we all separately over time have been contacted by other people who are going through what we're going through. But... Sometimes if someone contacts me and they've got a six-year-old or whatever, I can share less about that. I mean, partly because I have no memory, but also because it's just not it where changes we're at, so much. Doesn't it? Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, it's so nice to be able to be going through similar experiences. It's probably worth explaining a little bit how we all came together, as the three of us. I've known Belle Belle help me out. It's twenty were we twenty five years? Old. I'd say. Yeah. I reckon even maybe more. We met when we were like nineteen, I think. Yeah. Well, you Uni. We, Yeah. And then we lived together. We, lived we were, together. were like housemates.
1: mouldy house. It was
0: so mouldy. Sorry. <laughs> and uh, and then we've just been in a sort of broader social circle since then.
1: And, and then they, of course, pregnant at the same time. Pregnant.
0: Yeah. A couple of times. Similar. All three times. All three times. <laughs> <laughs> All the time. <laughs> And, uh, of course, the beauty of a lifelong friend who then has a shared current experience is so nice because you don't get it, right, very much, do you, where you're actually living the same life after so long. Um, So that's Belle. And Shah is a newer friend, Mm -hmm. um, met via Shah's husband, Sunny, who I've known probably for as long as Belle almost, maybe not quite as long, but almost. Um, But Shah comes from the UK yep. and recently moved back here with your family. Yep. And same sort of thing, I think there's an immediate connection when you very quickly share, no way, me too, oh, my God, me too, about so many things that well, are so painful. Well, it's so
2: funny because you've been trying to get me on to do a recording for a while and I thought I had to move to the other side of the world and then move to the street next to yours. <laughs> Yeah, Before I could even <laughs> have the time or headspace to do it.
0: Well, I felt like it was my like tendency to have all these ideas and then wrote people in and then never get around to it. Yeah. So I was gonna, we were gonna do one, like remotely.
2: We were, we were, but oh, obviously, but I never. That never worked out like because that lockdowns, sick.
0: life,
1: yeah. But health, I mean, lock,
0: surely we should have been able to do it I in know. lockdown. I couldn't but do anything. Maybe could I. No. <laughs>
1: Would Have had to hide in a cupboard, you know. Everyone was doing those podcasts
2: from the under their duvets, yeah. Sorry, dunas now. We're (laughs) not saying,
0: yeah, that's it, yeah. Would have had to do that, which probably we were doing that anyway, hiding under our dunas from our children, but just without the (laughs) recording (laughs) equipment.
2: But you don't realize I've probably just followed you around because I'm you're like my kind of guru. Neurodivergent are a divergent mum. I'm literally like, so what do I do now? Now oh, what do I need? Oh, and what have I, I got? Know. How do I get that?
0: I know. And she, you've
2: been amazing. I remember calling you when we decided to move here and we didn't call anyone, we just called you. <laughs> and we are like, okay, so we're moving and we've got this son and he's da-da-da and what do we do? And you are like, you got on the phone and you were like, it's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to help you. This is what you need to do. Oh God, you sent I. me an email. You did this whole thing and I just burst into tears. Uh-huh. And you were like... It was so helpful
0: because I had this fear,
2: you know, I'm, I'm moving to the other side of the world, that's scary enough, but I've also got, a, you know, an
1: autistic son, don't know what the hell I'm doing. Yeah. So I was going to add to just to that story is that, um, Shah. I don't know if you know, Anna does that for so many people. Like yeah. it's unbelievable. Like I refer to it as Anna collects friends, but <laughs> She's a collector. She's a collector, and you're so generous with people. Yeah. And I feel like when I've had that same experience, particularly lately with my ten-year-old, I'm like, oh, "What about this? And uh, what's happening with this? And what should I? Who should I see about this?" You're so amazing, like that.
0: Oh, yeah. I, th- I mean, it's it's so nice to hear. Some, I forget everything I do, so sometimes when people say to me, "Oh, I remember when you something," and I said, "Did I?"
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, well, you're
2: amazing. So, I remember you said to me recently um, that you feel like you need to help everyone because it's you know it is hard, it's a struggle. There's a lot to get through, but you're you said some people aren't as fortunate mm. as you with you know even financially or mm. or whatever, and you know. You want to help them all because it's a hard, it can be a hard life, you know, navigating this, especially quite lonely life, trying to work out what your children need, which is, you know, the world isn't create, you know, yeah. designed for our kids yeah. and um, we're helping them navigate yeah.
0: it. Yeah. I mean, look, anything that we or I can do to help is absolutely, I just feel like it's actually been my clarity of my purpose, actually, in my life because for a long time I wasn't really sure. I think I hadn't gotten to know myself properly. I hadn't been able to separate my extrinsic um, drivers um, to really be able to work out what I really love and what I really want to do. And so this is, I often say, my purpose was thrust upon me. <laughs> it wasn't really, wasn't, but I mean, you know. Thrust out of you. Yeah, thrust out and then <laughs> back onto me. Um but I mean, that's I,
2: interesting, isn't it? Because it's not like you had a choice because yeah. people often say to me, oh, you're, you know, I don't know how you do what you do. And yeah. you're so, you know, you, you're so brave or something like this. Yeah. And you're like, what? No, this is, yeah. what do you do if you have children who need you, yeah. who need you to step up and be, you know, find the best things for them, find the best therapies. I mean, I, I was thinking about the other day, like some kids are born and you just trundle along behind them kind of steering mm-hmm. them a little bit and then there's other kids that you need to wrangle you need, yeah. thera- you need experts you need to throw money at the problem you need to I mean, I'm not saying they're a problem I'm saying like they, they have things to, that yeah. need to be solved and to get them from A to B which is basically getting them through life with their mental health intact and their f- potential fulfilled we yeah. need to be steering them a lot harder because mm. it's, they're, they're adrift often
0: You know, um, there's a podcast I've been following called The Imperfects. Have you guys seen, heard? Um, They're they're great. I mean, it's a little bit like us. They're three men who are sitting around with a shared sort of desire to, to, to convey an idea and theirs is about encouraging men and everyone to embrace their vulnerability. but. Just the other day, one of the guys, and unfortunately I don't know the podcast well enough to be able to distinguish each of their voices yet. <laughs> Two of them are brothers and they sound quite similar. But one of them was talking about how um, he and his family had had some challenges with one of their kids. And I don't know if it was a psychologist or doctor or someone who described very much what you just described about some kids are dandelions. Like most kids are dandelions, like they'll grow anywhere. Oh, that's interesting. And they, yeah. you don't have to tend to them mm. and they just they just grow and then they exist and then they, you know, and mm. and then others are orchids. Oh, that's, yeah. That require a certain temperature. It's so true. You know, just the right amount, not too much. You always think you're going to kill them. <laughs> it's so easy and you care, you worry about them and you, you're always trying and researching new ways for them to flourish. I thought... That's so good. Yeah. In fact, so good. I, I,
2: I saved a post from um, Kirstie, Christy Forbes, and she, she posted a really nice thing, which she said when a flower, well, it wasn't her who said it, it, was Alexander Dan Hazer, but they said when a flower doesn't bloom, you fix the environment in which it grows, not the flower.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And it's, I think that's probably what we're talking about, why yeah. the hardness is the hardship comes from trying to fix the environment. So getting all the people you know, it's, it's, you need to get the people around them to move heaven and earth mm. to
1: make that environment better for them. Mm. And how lucky are we, though? Like we're three educated white mm, women that can do this. Can do this, yeah. And I keep thinking about that. Like mm. I still struggle. I still yeah. find it challenging to navigate that and work out well, who do I need to see, how much support do they need, how can yeah. I advocate. What happens if you can't? I know, it's terrifying. Yeah. I, know, I think that's what you were talking about, Anna, with that
2: you know, you want to help everyone because some people, you know, you have to go into a meeting and advocate for your child so strongly that you're basically telling experts what to do Mm. because you know more than them. Yeah, And getting them to go, okay, here's thousands of dollars for you, for your child. Yeah, and you you have to be,
0: you have to have like a pretty deep level of confidence to be able to do that.
2: Balls of steel, vaginas of steel. Sorry. (laughs) There must have be been ovaries of something. Oh,
0: just, yeah, yeah. let's
2: workshop that one.
0: Um, I was going
1: to edit this bit out, but I was going to say flaps of something.
0: That was brilliant. Vulvas came to mind yeah, for yeah. me. Vulvas of firm <laughs> flaps. We may not I've edit been, that out. No. I mean, that's just the other thing. So I think that what you've just said, Char, is actually why we're here. Like it's actually what we you know, want to continue to kind of do. And I think individually we've each been doing this to to the extent that we can in our own lives and with our own communities around trying to build awareness because that point about the environment, in order to shift the environment, it actually requires us to shift hearts and minds of other people. And it's easy for us, we're not talking about people like us because we're all living that life. We're talking about people who don't live this life, who don't understand, who, why would they? I never did. Right. I, I knew nothing. I didn't even know what autism was. I mean, apart oh. from something very random. When my daughter was diagnosed, I, I, I knew about ADHD probably because deep down I knew that was me. But even then I didn't really know that much. So why would anyone know if they don't have to? Everyone's busy. Yeah. But I think, you know, and I've talked about this a lot in with you guys separately and then in some of the previous interviews we've done that. It's hard enough in our life without the minute we step outside. It's a super hard insight, right? From dawn to dusk, it's hard. And then we step outside, we just finally get a bit of fresh air, we're going somewhere, we've finally got out of the house, and then our child does something that's unexpected or, I mean, quite frankly, antisocial, and then we have to deal with the wrath of the people around us. And that's just like the last straw. Yeah. It's just like I actually don't know that I can take anymore. Mm. Yeah.
1: And for me that's the the process that we've been through and where we're at at the moment. For me that's the the grieving point at right now. It's I've got no grieving at all for my neurodiverse children. I think they're brilliant and amazing and they're teaching me so much, but what I'm kind of grieving about is that the lack of understanding or acceptance. I don't mm. know if grief's the right word, but because people don't understand and there is judgment and there isn't kindness and there is not really the, the concept, that that antisocial behaviour, that's not them being arseholes. Mm, that's really. not them deliberately wanting mm. to hurt your kid or say mean things or whatever. They are struggling. Mm-hmm. They're either overstimulated or they're having a meltdown because of something yeah. or they're, you know, whatever's going on. But I suppose that's yeah. how would people know? What's really sad about that is the fact that our kids have to learn
2: to change, to, to fit into the world when really the emphasis should be on the world changing for them to help them fit in, you know, and I think that's you know, you send them to OTs and speech and language, and we're you know saying, well, in this situation, this is how you react, and this is how you, what you should do. Mm. And you're like, well, what shouldn't the emphasis be on the non-disabled person to, to change? You know, shouldn't it be like you open the door for the person in the wheelchair? Mm. Why should the person in the fucking wheelchair have to struggle through that door? <laughs> know, you know, right? so then you go, well, th- this is what it's like for our kids. They go out and they step into the world, and I think the thing that scares me the most and me this time pressure is that horrific stat which is tw- only 22% of autistic adults are in full-time employment yeah. and you're like well there's something majorly wrong mm. here because what the hell think how many autistic people there are in the world think how many things they offer the world and yet they're just what do you do how are they going to support themselves how are they going to find a purpose you know if, if no one's giving them these chances well we've got a shitload of work to do mm. and we?
0: we all know that employment like Consistent, secure employment is like the cornerstone of being able to live uh, a sort of satisfying enough life. To have,
2: you know, mental health, everything independence. Purpose, yeah, belonging,
1: colleagues, everything, you know. And it starts with school. Like this is what, you know, I kind of wanted to talk about and what we always talk about is how can we actually Schools need to be more Mm. inclusive of our children. What are the things that they can do? Like, it's really clear to me now the things that schools do really well, Mm. now that I've seen quite a few schools like you have, Anne, with your kids. Like, you know, when schools and teachers do it well Mm. and they make those accommodations or considerations for your child, it's Mm. like your child succeeds. And so the
0: workplaces need to do the same thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like with schools, I mean, I have to really hold back from being so cross about our education system. And I know that there's lots of amazing people that work there and they're doing lots of amazing things, but uh, obvi- this is like a, a generation upon generation issue that has not been addressed. And and uh, I, uh, we, we've got to get the stats. I think I've got some, but I don't know how updated they are about how many families in Australia have children who would fall under that banner of neurodiversity. But I'm guessing it's like at least 15%, mm. right? In total, which is It's not a minority, okay, it's a minority kind of maybe, but it's not insignificant and how we are not, how we don't have systems built in. Like in the US, every school has a special stream. Mm. Every school has to take every kid and they have to make accommodations and they are, it's built into the structure. They've got separate classrooms for certain things. They come back together for other things. Mm. There's, It's it's not like there's not a model out there. Who did I talk about? Oh, in one of my recent interviews with Kate Shealaw, the amazing AFLW player and runs the saints play program. She was talking about how when she was young, there was no opportunity to participate in women's football. And she's really only got the chance to do it in the last few years of her professional career. And I said, oh, there's, that's awesome. But isn't there also a bit of sadness about what you missed because that society just wasn't up to that yet. And I feel like that with education, like I believe that eventually it will be better, but it's going to be too late for our my kids and i just that's just sad for me. and so that's also the other thing about feeling a very strong drive to do something because we know and we understand and we have you know especially like there's plenty of people like us out there who can who can advocate if we don't push it it won't change. Mm. so i feel like it's sort of a bit of a responsibility you know to the future families there's so many i mean the number of kids i see now families and so many people struggling. I think that's what makes me really sad. So look, I reckon it's worth, why don't we just kind of talk through a little bit what topics we think we want to cover? Because I think for each of these topics, there's like plenty, plenty in each. Let's just like throw it out there. What are the kind of things that you really want to do together, explore together?
1: I want to talk about really kind of practical, like we can talk about the bigger picture education, what needs to change, but I think there are things, small things that teachers and parents can do.
0: Yeah, because practical is
1: good. Yeah, practical is good. And also um, I think a lot about this, but like it starts with the parents. So if you don't have any neurodiverse children, the language that you use to describe the neurodiverse kids in the class that have meltdowns or that Mm. might be violent or that might be whatever, that really makes a difference. And so I've been thinking a lot about how to, Educate and, and sort of support neurotypical parents to be more accepting yeah. of the neurodiverse kids when they do act out, yeah. and their child maybe has to manage that as well yeah. because you know it can turn. It, you can start using language like bullying and violence yeah, and things totally, like that, and yeah. that's actually not helpful.
0: Aggressive, yeah. yeah.
2: Well, it's interesting because I, when my nine-year-old was seven, we we needed to tell him he was autistic, and we created a we did a kind of what two advertising creatives do and we created a PowerPoint presentation (laughs) and sold it to him like he was a client and this was a really good idea that he needed to know about and we felt we you know made this uh, presentation for him and he sat through it and it's all about his strengths and also you know things that he finds difficult because you're autistic but actually after we showed him and he was kind of down with it and he's like cool sounds interesting did I where did I catch this autism how much is this gonna cost (laughs) yeah Yeah. what are the the media um (laughs) We actually sent the uh, presentation to all the parents in his class. Oh,
0: so good. And
2: they were like, oh, my God, because loads of them had never had any experience of autistic people at all. And then I just said, look, if any of your kids come home and say, well, he was a bit stressed or we don't know what's wrong with him and, you know, they were like, we've got all the answers now. We've got a whole presentation which basically says, this is a bit tricky and this is why and this is how you support him. And it was, they were really appreciative because they're like, mm. oh, and I can use it because actually I've got a nephew who's autistic and I never knew that, that I could yeah. say that. And I think, you know, it's really weird because who wants to be able to have to send a presentation to their, to their <laughs> I love um, that you their. You know. but actually it, it was kind of a good age because this is the age when kids are not as, ex- they start to become less accepting mm. of different, because mm. I think there's a there is a fine line. There's a when they're young, kids are amazing, they just literally accept anything, don't yeah. they? And it's yeah. beautiful and I wish we were all like that forever and ever. But there's a there's an age around seven when they go, Oh, they talk a bit different, or why do they do that mm. and I do this and who's a boy and who's a girl and mm. all that. And they mature they mature at such different rates. Different rates and yeah, all that. Mm. And it all becomes the divides start happening. Little friendship groups who who's in the cool group, who's a bit sporty. Yeah, totally. You know, and you're like, oh, but my god. Identity gosh, stuff identity. becomes really,
0: yeah, I think definitely if we, you know, in terms of what we want to achieve with this, it is about building awareness. Yeah. It's about creating, you know, a safe place to tell the stories that we know mm. so many other people live with that possibly haven't even really spoken to anyone else or haven't really heard anyone be as kind of brutally honest about this life. Oh, the amount of
2: people that contact me literally going, my God, this is me, this yeah. is my life and they have no one to talk to about Some it. Alone. And yet, you know, often I like pass on a tidbit of, you know, an article or a therapy or this or that. Or I'll get people contacting me going Oh, I've heard your nine-year-old's really into this special interest, which is so niche mm. that you can't get it anywhere. Mm. And they find me stuff, you know, I'm sending me stuff. And like amazing. Amazing. That's amazing. And that's from things. talking. Yeah.
1: yeah. All those tiny things where someone's shown empathy or compassion yeah. or understanding or interest. Yes. Like they make the biggest difference. When yeah. so so you're raising neurodiverse children and every yeah. day is a bit of a slog. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I think that's that will lead into siblings and, you know, neuro typical and I say neuro what's it we were saying it was, you
0: say dominant neuro yeah.
2: dominant um, neurotype. Yeah. When you've got, you know, basically those siblings have grown up speaking autistic. Yes. This is how I say it. Yep. And yeah. So they get it, they know I mean in a way they can use it to their advantage. Like my four year old will It's like having the nuclear button that will create war. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You know,
2: they know what turns that person on and off. Yeah. But when it works, you go, well, God, if everyone could have that front row seat to neurodiversity, then what an amazing world we'll live in. You know, those kids are going to grow up with this amazing ability to just speak autistic. Yeah.
0: Well, that's, I love the way you say that, but that's why I feel also Millie's been at a special school and that's been the right thing for us, but I do feel more and more marginalised because, you know, the more that she is not factored in, included, the less that other people understand her. Yes, so yeah. that's, Hidden you know, away yeah, is the worst. Yeah, it does feel worst. like. So education, huge. Mm. Siblings, huge. huge. I think mental health, I mean, massive yeah. for mums, for dads, and different for, for not necessarily gender, but different for the mum, different for the dad. And marriage, you know, family. I think that Bell, what you were saying about the grief around mm. sort of not really feeling like you can continue to participate socially yeah. in the way that you used to, that yeah. you expected to, that you want to, you just can't. And um, that's a huge one. I mean, yeah. I think we could talk a whole lot about that. Yeah, how hard it is to be around families who don't understand, and mm. your friends, lifelong friends, who just don't, don't understand it. Really, it's very sad. Mm. What else do we talk about? I mean, we don't have to list it all now, but I guess what we're trying to do is give a sense of what we want to, mm. what we want to, what we want to explore. I think
2: there's this, this other thing, which is consent. And we've been talking about this a oh, bit, yeah. which is we do talk about our kids um, and <clears throat> we feel it's important not to bury these stories because it's, you know, there's, there's huge stories about families and. Parenthood that aren't being told, and we need to tell them. But how do we protect our children because they haven't asked us to get on a podcast and chat Mm. about them? Mm. Um, So it's a real fine balance. And I'm really struggling with this at the moment because obviously I feel like my nine year old's a bit too young to be fully aware of, Mm. you know, consent. Giving consent, yeah. Um, Yeah. And and if, you know, things change, whatever. Everything I do is with love in mind. Yeah. It's always about pushing on the world to to make it a better place for him Mm. but what do you know i think that's a big one because i think it's it's silenced me more often lately i'm not saying as much on social media Mm. i you know i'm trying to write a book and i'm finding it difficult to imagine how i'm going to Mm. say tell the stories i want to tell um if he is not happy with me talking about it.
1: So I think there's that. That's a big... And that's a difficult age, I think, as we we mentioned earlier, because Anna and I have got older kids and then kids also that same kind of 9, 10 Mm. age, and I think they don't know what is to come. (laughs) So (laughs) then being open about it, nor do we. Yeah. Mm. I know, like, my 14-year-old, I said, what do you want me to not talk about or talk about with Mm. Anna on the podcast? And they were pretty open about, oh, look, I'm okay with it. I would like to hear it beforehand if you do talk about me. But one thing I'd like you to, the message I'd like you to tell people is when they find out that their child is autistic, don't be disappointed.
2: Like, I don't want this
1: message, if you're no. going to speak to Anna, I yeah. don't want the message to be that that's a disappointment. It's what we need is understanding yeah. and, and people to kind of empathise and and learn what works yeah. for us and how to be successful, but yeah. it's not a disappointment. I love yeah. that
0: because yeah. now what that makes me think of a, a huge one for me in terms of a topic is how much I've changed and how much I'm, how happy I am with how I've changed as a human because of this life and I don't, I don't wish that away at all. You know, I think there's a whole lot to be grateful for without glossing over it, without being mm. Pollyanna, there's so much about deeper understanding of humans and deeper understanding and empathy and and um, open mindedness. I also think it's that the
2: extremes. So yeah, our highs are super high. Yes, and yeah. And our lows are super low. And yeah. I say there's not really much in the middle. No. So we don't have this kind of mundanity. Yes. Uh, ever. But, yeah. um So you either it's a roller coaster. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, talking about when I get. People messaging me saying, you know, my son or daughter or nephew or niece has just been diagnosed as autistic. Often I want to say congratulations. And actually, I've had a few people ordering woodies and prints as a celebration for their child oh. and to put it up on their wall as a kind of marking the moment. And a lot of people do cakes and they like say, oh. congratulations, you're autistic and they oh. have a party and they and the kid feels really like, this is a special thing. Wow. And, I mean, it's tricky, isn't it? Because we know mm. there's kids who are autistic, who are really struggling to the mm. point where, you know, they're nonverbal, they can't toilet themselves, they can't yeah. leave the house, they can't, you know. And so it's really difficult when I talk about autism in a kind of... Too positive way because yes. there are families out there really struggling yeah. to the point of like it, it's a disability where you would remove that disability if you yeah, could from that yeah. child yeah. yeah
0: because it's too the it's life is too painful too yeah. hard for them yeah
2: but within that obviously there's loads of beauty too and loads yeah. of positivity yeah. but this is the other thing I mm. get torn about because it's just
1: you know, every person with autism is different. Yeah, exactly. Like in this room. Yeah, every every single one of us and our children display completely different behaviours and have completely different lives and different Mm -hmm. challenges.
2: Yeah. And different things to celebrate. I think that is the hard thing because you're learning to parent a completely unique being. Yes. I sort of equate slightly to like an alien landing on this planet who yeah. can't breathe this air and you're all trying to keep them alive and they
0: can't yeah. articulate no. what's hard no. right because it's like imagine trying to ask someone to go to somewhere completely foreign and mm. then describe to those people for whom it's not foreign mm. what's hard about it cuz you you can't you have to sit in the other person's shoe mm. to be able to say oh you yeah. feel this and i feel this and this is the gap but they can't do that and plus i mean i it, It sounds like your kids are are more articulate and potentially better at being able to describe how they feel, but Millie can't. I mean, it's either Mm. happy, sad, angry. Yeah, it's about it. That's it. And so that makes it really hard for her when you try and get to the bottom of what caused what. Where did how did we get Mm. to this meltdown, or what? You know, you went from here to here. How did that happen? Doesn't Mm. know.
2: Mm. I mean, I'm getting some pretty golden nuggets coming from the nine year old about how he. How he feels. Yeah. Yeah. Saying, you know, I'm in a prison and no one can visit me. What, about, this, oh. you know,
0: what about the one when he was a bo- little one in the cot?
2: Oh, yeah. He's what saying, don't leave me here. Yeah. He's speaking to speak into the um, monitor and just press the button and go, don't leave me here, lying here like a baby hippo all alone. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, painting a picture of this kind of caged animal. It's really needed, tugging
0: on the heartstrings I was there. Like, oh, I've like, got to
2: go and get him. I've got to get my little hippo. Uh, yeah. Um but he says things like, I just feel like I wanna vomit out my feelings. Yes. Mm. He's like, I feel so stressed,
1: I just wanna vomit yeah. it all out. That's my ten year old says stuff like that. Yeah. Like, I hate my ADHD. I hate it. Yeah. I wanna rip it out of me. Yeah. yeah. And then other times it's like, Oh my god, I love it because I yeah, can do a million so things hard. and I'm you know, yeah, just I mean buzzing. I got I got smacked over the head with a
2: pillow repeatedly the other night because he couldn't sleep and he said if you hadn't given birth to me, oh, I wouldn't yeah. be autistic. Yeah,
0: I've had that one. And I was I being beaten lot. over and over again. And I yeah. said,
2: we've got to stop. We've got to stop. You know, I know you're finding it hard to go to sleep. But he will do that. He'll, he'll go to the very point of yeah. the end point. Like, if the big bang hadn't happened, yes. then I wouldn't have stubbed my toe on that table. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah, you
2: know,
1: yeah. he literally... That is so brilliant. Yeah, it like, goes
2: <laughs> like, all the way back. Like, often it's like if, if you hadn't. If the fish
0: hadn't climbed out of the swamp.
2: Yeah. I would not have had a meltdown about that lack of ice cream in that shop. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so, it is so good though. Yeah. Um, so I'm just, I couldn't be happier to have this conversation started after so long. And I want to, you know, give us a bit of a challenge and see if we can aim to get together quite regularly. I don't know what that's going to look like, but if we can kind of get together and tease out some of these topics, I think we're never going to run out of stuff to talk about.
2: Yeah, and we'd love to have some people write in and suggest some topics because we know there's like a whole community of people out there yeah. going,
1: well, can you talk about this? Can you find out about that? Yeah, can you tell absolutely. Us about that? You know, yeah. I've had my whole like neighbourhood saying, "We talk about this. I want to answer this. Please, yeah. can
0: you ask Anna that? Yeah, so yeah. it's Anna at au. But yeah, we'd love to hear. I mean, I do, I feel like I'm, between us and then with our sort of broader connections, the more that we can share, you know, our stories and share other people's, we can certainly bring guests in, you know, we can do whatever we want. But, um, you know, hopefully listeners are enjoying it, they might share it with a friend who they know might be going through something similar because it feels like it's nice if we can bring community together. Well, it's time to
2: change the world from your garage. See?
0: One lanyard at a time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Nice. All right. Well, I look forward to seeing you next time. I can't wait to our next conversation. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye. Bye.